Hello, family. Ashe, welcome back to the Alchemy Yourself. I'm so glad you're here. It's been a while. Took a bit of a hiatus to do some inner working and be able to come back with a very refined purpose, refined voice, and refined vision of some new things that I want to bring to the table, to the community that has supported the podcast since its inception a little bit over three years ago, and uh, to all the newcomers that are joining us with the revitalized social media presence that we find ourselves in. In this episode, we're going to be exploring how spiritual practices can be used to manage anxiety and promote overall well-being. We're going to be introducing new methods and some techniques that I've found encountered in my path that you can incorporate into your daily routine to help reduce stress and truly find inner peace. Whether you're a seasoned practitioner or new to the world of spirituality, I hope that you'll find something valuable within this episode that you'll be able to take home and share with others. So grab your headphones, find a comfortable spot, and let's dive right in. Now, if you're a returning listener, you'll know that I try to give explanations on techniques from a practical perspective rather than getting into arguments about the occult or hidden reasons and explanations for why phenomenon works. My main approach to spirituality is from an omnistic perspective. And so I can see value in every technique that has been developed that has a basis in practicality and reality. And I do not like to speak down on practices that work for others that may not work for us. Everybody's different. And I think within spirituality, we have to find our own niche and what is meant for us that is truly going to get us to the level that we seek. Deep breathing is one of those techniques that I believe, you know, you can sit and really dive through hours of occult information on deep breathing and why the breath is so tied to spirituality, right? I mean, it's tied to life. And what's more spiritual than being alive? So anybody who wants to find, you know, those occult interpretations and, and theories on why, you're more than welcome to do your own research. But I want to bring attention to the fact that deep breathing just works. It's just one of those techniques that even within the medical field itself, psychotherapy and psychiatry are used to treat a lot of ailments that have to do with the mind, with anxiety, and with uh, an absence of relaxation. So the first thing that you want to understand about deep breathing is it has to be an enjoyable experience. If you're causing yourself to hyperventilate, that's probably not deep breathing. So some of the techniques that I've realized work for many people, including myself, is really finding a place of isolation where I'm not going to be interrupted and I have time to really take to be 100% present within that exercise. Once you find a place and you are comfortable, what you want to do is place one hand on your chest and the other on your stomach. Now, as you understand me, I come from a shamanistic perspective slash school. And so whenever I do anything with my hands, I'm immediately putting intention, healing energy, quote unquote, that I'm mindfully generating 
through my hands, through my fingers. And as soon as they get placed on my chest and on my stomach, I can already feel a bit of relaxation because I'm sending myself this very relaxing pulse. Again, some people are going to find that exercise very easy to do. Other people will not be able to, to do it. That's not speaking on your ability to manifest energy or anything like that. Again, it's just the intent that you put and the practice that you put to certain practices. Eventually, you'll be able to really intensify them through your own body's feelings um, that you can generate. And, and that'll really help the body. I don't want to say buy in, but really sink into what you're trying to do. So once you have your hands, one on your chest, one on your stomach, you're going to take a slow, deep breath in through the nose, filling your lungs completely. I want you to really feel that air going through the nose and down the airway. Feel the, the temperature of the air. Feel if there's any particular smells in it. Really buy into that breath. Become one with that function of breathing there and let that really bring you into your body. As you feel your lungs filling completely, I want you to hold very briefly, if you can, and then start exhaling. But as you exhale, you're gonna purse your lips and blow the air slowly through the mouth as if you were blowing out a candle. Again, in my school of shamanism, I like to envision that this air that I'm breathing in is full of healing, radiant, positive energy, life-bringing energy. And as I'm blowing out, I'm really exhaling any issues that I may have on my mind that are weighing very deeply on me. I'm gonna exhale all these negative thoughts that I've been carrying with me throughout the day. I'm gonna exhale all the toxins that may have been building up within me. I'm gonna exhale all the illness, all negative things I wanna blow out. But I wanna still feel that air still be mindful and still be present, not forcing the air out, but really controlling the airflow. If you catch yourself having any thoughts in between these things, just bring your attention back into the air. If you're having even more trouble and you can't focus on the air, focus on your hands and how they rise with the air. And as your chest rises, feel the hands rise. And as you exhale, feel the hands drop. And again, in your mind, send pulses of whatever energy that you want to really bring in and, and, and have within your body. I recommend that as you continue to breathe deeply, you try to inhale and exhale for the same amount of time. So another good thing that helps, and I know a lot of people who have ADHD um, you know, can relate to this, is counting. So you can count, you know, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi, hold for one Mississippi, and then exhale, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, four Mississippi. You want to get into that pattern, and you want to keep that for about five to ten minutes. You can do it for longer if you wish, but ideally it's a five to ten minute exercise. You can also use, instead of numbers, a mantra. Right. If you have a specific mantra, one of my main mantras is "Amen, who write thee." I sit there and I say "Amen, who write thee." Amen, who write thee. Amen, who write thee. That's about one Mississippi. Amen, who write thee. One Mississippi. Right. So, I know that if I can repeat that four times, hold, and then repeat that four times in my mind as I'm exhaling, I get into almost a little bit of a pattern, 
and almost into this state of self-hypnosis where the breath is really the only thing that I'm fully aware of. And there's been times where I can get so focused in it where 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes pass and I'm not none the wiser. So again, very effective method. There's many things we can use to combine into it that will uh, really amplify its effects. I always recommend, you know, keep the, br the breath slow and smooth. Don't force the air out. Uh, as I said in the beginning, it, it should be enjoyable. So take your time and be patient with yourself. Don't stress yourself out with these techniques that are supposed to help you be less anxious, right? This is a, a safe space for you. And that's why I tell people, you know, find a comfortable place where you're alone so you can work through this yourself. Um, one of the main things that I think, you know, we always need to be mindful of is the visualization aspect of whatever it is that we're doing, right? You can exist in one place, taking in all this information and all this stimulus and really have this entirely different situation occurring in your mental sphere. And so take advantage of that. If your mind is busy and it likes to maintain itself through intrusive thoughts, well then try visualization and try to control the intrusive thoughts into a more positive direction, right? Some of us have very negative self-talk, but if we're mindful, we can reverse the negative self-talk and force it to be positive. I mean, if you're gonna have that voice nagging at you, you might as well use it for your benefit, right? Um, easier said than done, but like I said, practices like this deep breathing are very, very simple, but very powerful to really help us turn the, the brain into our ally um, in our spiritual path. The next technique that belongs on the top of the list, if you ask me, but um, I chose to list it a second simply so that I can build on some of the things that I spoke on first with the breathing. Um, and really be able to flesh out the purpose of meditation, which I think most people miss. I think people think that they need to empty the mind or stop thinking, or that thoughts are somehow these intrusive enemies that we need to silence and completely um, banish, or we're never going to be able to function at a high level. Uh, that misconception can lead people down, uh, you know, a really negative experience with meditation and a lot of frustration. And so I want to preface the explanation of a quick, simple meditation technique with the purpose of meditation, which is really to, you know, cultivate a sense of focus and inner peace. Most of the times when we have these overactive thoughts or we have these situations where we can't silence the mind, it's because we do not have enough willpower to shift our focus or we just have not conditioned ourselves to shift our focus. Meditation essentially helps you with time and consistent practice to become real effective at silencing the, the, the kind of pull that these thoughts can have on you and allows you to really stay present among the distractions of everyday life, right? One of the biggest things that I that I always speak about um, is I always like to meditate with prayer. So I open my meditations with prayer. Um, I know that there's certain people within spiritual spheres that find prayer to be ineffective or they feel that it is inferior. I know a lot of occultists and the people who follow the uh, belief that they are God and that they don't need to bow to a creator or pray to a creator. They can pray to themselves. Um, I think... We 
need to be a little bit more humble um, in our approach to spirituality, uh, especially when you really go in depth in your studies and, and you realize and recognize that some of the more ancient pupils of this very, very ancient connection to divinity always approached with humility for obvious reasons. And so with meditation, prayer is a good way to open meditation. Um, you know, pr prayer of your choice to, to whatever God or creator that you feel uh, connected to. Again, I don't, I don't judge people for that. I, I do have an issue with the hubris that comes with the new age schools of uh, believing that, that, you know, anything goes and that God is, is everywhere. And so they don't need to follow certain rules. I mean, the entire world follows rules. Literally your entire reality is based off of rules that the creator put forth for creation to flourish. And to think that you are the somehow exemption to these rules or that you don't need to get on that level, um, I think is a little bit um, of a, of a modern day spiritual delusion that I really hope uh, people get over because it can be a very damaging delusion down the road, um, especially when, when, you know, when people start practicing things like shamanism and magic without the creator in mind and without that divine spark in mind. So anyways, I digress. So simple technique for meditation. Again, open up with a prayer. Cleanse yourself if you'd like. You can smudge with a sage. You can, you can burn some essential oils take a shower. Uh, I personally love showering, cleansing my whole body, then smudging, covering my head and sitting down in prayer to meditate. I think that that sets the stage and it really makes my meditation way, way more effective. However, I recognize that that's not always going to be the case. We won't always be able to do those preparations. So a real simple technique is uh, the following. One, find a quiet, comfortable place to sit or lie down. Um, you could technically meditate anywhere, but I think for starters, you really want to find these quiet areas where you're going to be able to see the limitations of your own mind when not really pulled by stimuli before you try to go and engage with meditation in the real world or in scenarios like that. You're going to close your eyes. You're going to take a few deep breaths. And again, this goes back to the first one, which is deep breathing. Um, you know, focus on that sensation of the breath as it moves in and out of the body. Be present for the breath. Become one with the breath. If you can make it yourself seem to flow in and out with the breath, that's, that's even better. As you continue to breathe deeply, you might want to during meditation, especially for starters. Again, same thing as breathing. Find the mantra that works for you. I told you mine is Amen Hurati. Sometimes I say Ashe. Um, sometimes I repeat certain phrases of certain of the Psalms that I really like. So for example, one of my favorites is the 23rd Psalm and it's the part that goes, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. I can sit in meditation just repeating that. And I have, a re um, I have a really easy time being able to kind of float into that space that I need to be at. Um, so again, using a mantra, using your breath really making your attention be focused on the act of meditation. Let go of any thoughts or distractions that come up. They're going to come up. But if your mind wanders, just gently bring your attention back to the mantra. Bring your attention back to, to whatever it is that you're using to, I like to call it, anchor yourself uh, into the meditation. You want to do this for about five to ten minutes or longer if you wish. Um, I usually, at the end of the meditation, just like to sit and again, very deep breaths, forcing them out. At the end, 
I know in the last deep breathing I said don't force the, the air out, but for the end of the meditation, you can do more pronounced inhales and forced exhales. Uh, those exhales are um, connected to the element of fire and they're considered kind of like fire breathing techniques. And, and it's called fire breathing, not because fire comes out of your mouth, but because essentially what your focus is on purging with the breath and invoking that element of fire to really purge out whatever you need to purge. So um, if that technique works for you, that's great. Uh, some people like to just lay down and kind of sit in that feeling of blister a little bit. Or, or sit there and just kind of, you know, wait until they, they, they fully come back to attention. Uh, whatever works for you, the important part is for you to remember that, again, it's, it's supposed to be a comforting experience. It should not be stressful. You shouldn't be judging yourself on the fact that thoughts keep coming up, especially in the early stages. Another piece of advice is really keep it to about five to ten minutes when you start out. If you can go for longer, go for it. But I find that those little victories, kind of taking it in increments, really helps to build up a consistent practice. Whereas going for 45 minutes sitting in meditation and trying to do that seven days of the week can be very challenging for people. And it's easier for us to defeat ourselves when we put these goals that are that are within reasonable reach, but we're just not prepared for it, right? Um, I think the analogy of like the, the, the body lifter or the, or the what's it called, the... Um, the people who lift weights professionally, bodybuilder, um, you know, the bodybuilder makes it really easy uh, to lift those weights when you look at them. But the reality is they worked up to that weight with, you know, one pound, two and a half, five pounds. So take that mentality, right? The mentality of little bit every time is better than trying to exhaust yourself and then defeating yourself before you even get to the battlefield, right? Um so yeah, that's pretty much it with the meditation aspect of it. There's a lot more. We have plenty of episodes on meditation uh, in the prior podcast that I think go a lot more in depth. I don't really feel the need to go too much in depth here. Um, again, these are just kind of techniques that, that, that'll help the beginner and, and, and somebody who's further down to really define and refine some of their practices to make them more effective. Aside from deep breathing and meditation, two of the cornerstones of a spiritual practice. Um, I figured I would give a bit of a mixed modgepodge of suggestions that can be turned spiritual. I think uh, a lot of people seek certain rituals that are done specifically, and I can understand why, because there is definitely power in consistency and power in order and power in doing things in a certain order. But I think when it comes to dealing with our own inner demons and our own inner issues, we need to take a more personalized approach and really kind of see what works on all levels. So some of the other suggestions I give, aside from, again, these two cornerstones of deep breathing and meditation slash prayer, um, are one, get out in nature. You know, not to be cliche, not to be the spiritualist, you know, tree hugger that the New Agers can be known to represent. But nature really is where we belong. I mean, not saying that the advances that we have made are headed in the wrong direction. I don't want to get into a debate on those things. I think that to truly reset our own nervous system, we need to be where we belong. And that's in a natural setting, you know, with the trees and the animals, water. All of these things are going to make you feel better 
Even if you have to force yourself out the house just to get some sun, I promise you, a lot of people don't realize the effect that lack of exposure to the sun in the winter has on depression and seasonal disorders, uh, particularly the more effective disorders that um, you know kind of deal with emotions and can affect us in, in those ways. So connect with nature. I promise you, it's going to help. Just try it out. That goes hand in hand with physical activity, right? You can't really be out in nature without somehow being physical unless you're just going to lay there and, you know, all kudos and power to you if you want to just lay there. But aside from that, try to find some physical activity that you can engage in, regular exercise. You know, a lot of people take the more spiritual route of yoga and yoga itself has a lot of benefits. Again, it's kind of the same thing as mudras, right? There's very specific scientific reasons in the body and our physiology why these things affect us and allow for spiritual enlightenment because of the changes that they cause in our bodies. So yoga, running, swimming, boxing, martial arts, right? There's there's combat sports that have been turned into spiritual practices. So there's something out there for everybody. Don't make an excuse. Try to get out, you know, unless you have a physical ailment that doesn't allow you. And even then, I think... Trying to find some type of habit that keeps you physical in some way or another is is, is good. Um, you're you're going to feel different. It's going to be almost an immediate change. I would put that up there with, you know, the effectiveness of meditation and deep breathing. You know, the, the body is a gift to us from nature and we need to keep it used and, and it will reward us with, with keeping it active. Another practice that I think belongs in the, in the Maj Paj suggestion box is journaling and practicing gratitude right? Um, Most people don't give it the credit that it deserves. I think that that feedback loop that you give yourself and and the language that you speak to yourself with can be conditioned. It can be programmed and self journaling, practicing gratitude, being thankful and shifting your perspective away from negativity into positivity will definitely open up blockages. It will definitely at least shift your perspective and make you feel a little bit more positive about the situation. The truth of the matter is we're not always going to be happy. Life is not about always being happy. It's about being able to exist peacefully within chaotic situations. And and that is something we can control, right? Um, You know, we, we, we have this belief that spiritual practice is going to liberate us and i think if you look at ancient practices you'll realize that it wasn't about true liberation that they were looking for it was about liberation from their own mind and liberation from their own sins their own shortcomings that these that these ancients were trying to get at with these practices of really calming the mind and and having the higher self hold dominion over the quote unquote lower self or the or the or the realm of the senses so Gratitude, journaling, all of these things reprogram our mind to really shift into a direction of more positivity and more resilience, which if you study psychology or if you're familiar with psychiatry, many of the studies show that resilience itself is a factor in determining the survivability and the betterment of people in certain cases, um, you know, with, with terminal illnesses or, or, you know, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, major affective depression, these symptoms that can really affect somebody. Uh, resilience is one of those factors that determines long-term success in treatment. So that resilience can be built through positive affirmations, through gratitude, through journaling. 
And then last but not least, um, one of the people that I consider a very, very influential mentor in my development of my spiritual practice and my spiritual belief systems always said that mystic unity and mystic love is what holds everything together. That the mystic love and the divine love that the creator has for creation is what we call order, what we see as the miracles of life and all these things happening and happening in such a function, almost like clockwork. This is all held together by this divine love and this divine mystic unity. And I believe that all of us across any tradition, whatever tradition we follow or whatever belief system we hold, we're all a part of this grander plan and this grander unity that holds us all together. And tapping into that, seeking support from your friends and your loved ones, being able to share your feelings with others can definitely ease you um, in moments when, when you might be overwhelmed or you might feel that that it is looking grim or that you cannot achieve what it is that you're trying to achieve or get yourself out of the pit that you're in. Um, definitely lean on those that you love. Try to build a community. If you're spiritual, seek those that are, you know, have similar beliefs as you, not to create an echo chamber, but to really, again, form a community that can be there for each other to help build the resilience that's necessary for us to get to where we need to be. With that all being said, family, it's important to remember that everyone is different and what works for one person may not work for another. It's definitely helpful to try a few different techniques and really see what works best for you. Practice is going to really define what it is that resonates with you and is going to help in your path. With the disclaimer, obviously, listen, if your anxiety is severe or it's causing significant disruptions in your life, it is definitely important to seek professional health from a mental health professional. Even though we in the spiritual community can sometimes be very um, elitist about how we treat medicine, and I know some of us believe that medicine isn't always promoted to the best of the of the benefit of mankind realistically, but there are situations that only licensed practitioners are gonna be able, able to help you out of. Uh, I know this from personal experience uh, with friends and family that I've you know, encountered on my path. Um, I know ex this experience with myself. You know, I myself have started some form of therapy in the past and have gone through certain form of therapy to really heal wounds that um, spirituality only really helped to seal. But the healing was definitely initiated on my part from seeking help. And so you should never feel bad about being in a place where you need help. I think we need to kind of redefine that as an intuitive response and an intuitive safeguard that our soul uh, and our protector, our creator has set up for us so that we know when, when we can't do it alone, right? Um, so I really do hope that you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, I really enjoyed putting it together. Like I said, a lot of information I've gone very much in depth in other episodes. And so definitely feel free to peruse down the list and see if any of the titles, uh, you know, kind of going more in depth than any of the information I touched on are interesting for you. Uh, I wanted to make an episode on mudras. I've been wanting to make an episode on mudras uh, for a while. So you can definitely expect that coming uh, more towards the end of January. Uh, I do have a lot on my plate right now in terms of personal, family, and professional stuff. So I'm getting back to this more so as an anchor. But I'm 
no pun intended, uh, you know, to really bring me back into my own practice and, and, and help refine where I'm headed. So again, family, Ashe, thank you so much for tuning in to The Alchemy of Self. Again, this is your host, Mateo. Looking forward to you joining us for the next one.